If you would stand back with me this morning, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Verse, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Can I get an amen just to know you're awake this morning? Amen? Amen. Stay with me this morning. 1 Kings chapter 18. And he said, And Elijah said to Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Caramel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees, and he said to the servant, Go up now and look toward the sea, and he went up. And he looked and he said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea. And it looked like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down with the rain. Stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and with wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. But the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran ahead or before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I want you to look at somebody beside you and say, it's time to run. It's time It's time to high-five two or three people around you that are awake and tell them it's time. It's time to run this morning. Father, we thank you, God, for your presence this morning. Father, I thank you, God, for the atmosphere, God, that is set in this place. Father, I thank you, God, that, God, it is Judah that went before, God, all the tribes and plowed up all the rocks, God, and prepared the others for battle. But God, we stand here now after worship saying we're ready for battle. God, we're ready to fight for our families. We're ready to fight for our health. We're ready to fight for our salvation. We're ready to fight for our deliverance. And Father God, God, now that all the rocks are out of the way, God, I'm asking you for the seed of the Word of God to be planted down deep within us. Because God, it is the Word that frames us and holds us and keeps us. Father God, I thank you and I praise you, God, for God, we are in a running season, God, and let nothing slow us down. God, let let any attack of the enemy, God, slow down any single thing that one life has for this region, God. Let us run in all our might, God, that we may give you glory, God. For God, we thank you and we praise you, God. In Jesus' holy name, somebody shout amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you a little bit about something called momentum. Somebody say momentum. Momentum, according to the dictionary, is the strength or the force that something has when it is moving. It is the strength or the force that allows something to to continue to grow stronger. Somebody say grow stronger. Or faster. Somebody say faster. As time passes, it says it is the force that allows something to continue to grow stronger and faster as time passes. I don't know about you. That I am thankful from where we have come from since November. 
I am thankful that we came from a little tiny handful of people to where we are right now. But I want to let you know with everything that is in me, I'm thanking God that, God, I thank you for the lives that have been touched. I thank you that, God, I could go around the room and hand the mic and people would begin to testify. I'm thankful that when I look into the lives of people, I can see growth. I can see that Jesus is doing something in their lives. I am thankful that he's doing it not only in in their lives, but in their families' lives. I'm thankful that people are getting jobs that they have dreamed of. I am thankful that people are growing in Christ more than anything else. I'm thankful, but I want to let you know that I am not content in where we are at. Statistics show that in the summertime, attendance drops off, according to statistics. But I serve a Jesus that Jesus says nothing has to drop off in me. And then when you get a group of hungry believers and radical believers that it says, regardless if it's summertime, regardless if it's warm, regardless if it's cold, regardless if it's snowing, regardless if it's raining, I'm going to get to the house of God and I'm going to get around my brothers and sisters and I'm going to get the strength I need, the fuel I need to make it back to this week. And I don't want to just be another statistic because have you know that in every relaunch and every trial, uh, plan that almost 70 to 80 percent of them fail well i want to let you know we have done past or surpass the statistics and so we are not a statistics but we have the opportunity in the summer listen i wasn't here last week i just feel like preaching i got two weeks of preaching me and so the reality is that even in the middle of summertime that when people are all out and they're walking in the streets and and people are out at the pools and people are enjoying the little festivals and the festivities that are going on here locally have you know that gives us perfect opportunity to go reach people for jesus it doesn't mean that we slow down it doesn't mean that we put our brakes on it doesn't mean that we just get a water hose and a lawn chair and enjoy watching the view but no 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 we gain together and do life together and we grow grab a hold of our life group we grab a hold of our church and we say let's go reach the loss while we have momentum that's growing. Listen, I don't want to just come in here every single week and just have service after service after service. But the reality is we are having service and and every service with One Life Church, something is growing stronger. Something is growing faster. Every single week, somebody's life is being changed. Every single week, salvations are beginning to happen. Every single week, people are laying down addictions and you're saying, I don't know nothing about that. Well, I'm telling you as the pastor, personally, knowing people's lives, I am telling you, addictions are being broken. People are coming to Jesus, and I ain't got time to slow down because it's summertime. I ain't got got time to slow down just because it's getting warm, but it's perfect opportunity to get on fire for Jesus and say, let's reach more people than we ever have before. One Life Church, we are right in the middle of a momentum shift that is beginning to happen. Over the last six months, we have reached over 110 to 120 people. People are coming in, and they're not just coming in, but they're staying. People are coming in. Because what I found out, I remember being in this one time in this little holler, and I'll never forget that this little house had caught on fire. 
And I'll never forget that when the house caught on fire, the whole entire entire holler began to gather around and watch the fire go up. Because what I found out, people are attracted to the fire. And I don't know about you, I want to be on fire for Jesus uh, this whole entire summer so that people, they don't even know what they're coming to, but they just know there's a fire right in the heart of Nitro, and they want a part of what God has in this region. Somebody shout amen. So you have to understand that momentum is the thing that helps us bridge the gap between vision and results. Momentum is the very thing that will take us to the place of where we are wanting to go. I was watching the game the other night, the game one of the NBA Finals, and here Cleveland was up. It looked like they were going to win the game, but about third quarter, all of a sudden, Stephen Curry hit a three, and all of a sudden, it's like the crowd begin to be, they begin to cheer for Stephen Curry, and all of a sudden, the next shot went in, and Thompson made a three, and then here they are, still behind by 15. But the momentum began to shift. I said the momentum began to shift. And it's like here Cleveland was once on fire. All of a sudden they're not on fire any longer. And now all of a sudden the momentum began to shift. And for for about 25 more minutes, Cleveland could do nothing because the momentum had shifted. Why am I saying that to you? Because we have momentum going on here in Nitro. We have shot some threes. We have got some wins. We have got some things that have went in the baskets. And we are taking the the enemy's court back from him. And I don't know about you. We've got to keep playing the game. We've got to stay in the game because momentum is on our side. Somebody say momentum is on our side. Momentum is on our side. Just with our life groups, we had close to 60 people sign up for life groups. That may not be important to you, but that says, I like my brother. I like my sister. I'd like to get around them some more, even away from Sunday. I'd like to know who they are through the week. I want to know who they are when they're making cards. I want to know who they are when they're running. I want to know who they are when they're exercising. I want to know who they are in board games. I want to know who they are in worship encounters. I want to know who they are around the youth. And we have momentum on our side to take back every single thing the enemy is winning here in this region I played baseball most of most of my high school and I, and and I played third base and one thing I, I could always watch the pitcher and it was amazing to me because what was amazing is that when you see a ball begin to travel that if you throw it at a certain speed when it hits a certain speed it literally catches more momentum and it's hard for the catcher to even catch it. And the harder that baseball player can throw that ball, the harder it is for the enemy to hit back. Uh, And so as they throw it, here, this little tiny ball, three inches in diameter. But as that ball, the speed, as it goes, it increases in time. 
It's not at its fastest time when it is being released. But as it goes 10 feet, the speed begins to increase. As it goes 20 feet, the speed begins to increase. As it goes 30 feet, it begins to increase. To where finally when it hits the catcher's mat, it is at its full capacity and its full momentum. I want to let you know our greatest momentum was not in January. Our greatest momentum was not in February. Our greatest momentum was not at Easter, but our greatest momentum at this point is here now and here today. Let me put this for the rednecks in the room. No laughter on that? Okay. Okay, so NASCAR. Let me get to NASCAR so you understand what I'm talking about. I, I like NASCAR. I was growing up, you know, I grew up in NASCAR. Amen. You have to understand that here with NASCAR, that if you're losing in the race, if you're losing in the race, you know the best thing to do is get behind somebody that's traveling faster than you. Because in my natural speed, I can't catch up. But if I can get behind someone that's traveling faster than me, there's a thing called a drift force that all of a sudden the drift force begins to make me, who was once going slower, now make me go faster. And if I can catch the right moment, my good God, the right moment, the right moment, that the person that was once going faster, because I am gaining momentum off of their speed, it can slingshot me into a place where once I was going slow, but now I'm going faster than the person that was getting me there. I want to let you know we are in that right moment to where it is the Holy Ghost who is going ahead of us. It is the Holy Ghost who is saying, I know you've been traveling slow for a long time, but now get behind the wind of the Holy Ghost and begin to let me propel you in the right moment to catch you up to where you're going. When we were on vacation this past week, we went with the girls. We had no plans of doing anything. And here they had this little water park, this big pool. It was probably twice the length of the sanctuary here. And the, and the pool was packed. And here we're just trying to spend time with the girls. And we get out there. Selah has no desire to play water volleyball, so she swims off and goes and does her thing. So here it was me, Ellie, and Destiny. Just the three of us hitting a little tiny dollar store beach ball back and forth. Having fun laughing. Nothing, not a care in the world. Ain't thinking about anything. Just playing volleyball. All of a sudden, this other guy says, hey man, I'm going to get in. Don't know this guy from Adam. He gets in. He's a funny guy. He might as well be a comedian. I mean, he's hilarious. So he makes the game even funner. My wife's very competitive, so he was making fun of my wife the whole time, so it was even better. She's very competitive. Y'all don't know. She'll break her wrist trying to keep up with somebody. And, and here she was, here we're in this game, and it was four people. All of a sudden, this older guy comes over, and he starts playing. We don't know that guy from Adam. The other guy don't know him. Here's five people playing. Ten minutes later, there's four more people playing. Thirty minutes into us playing a simple little game with a dollar volleyball, almost 30 to 40 people were in 
playing volleyball and had taken over a whole entire pool. Did we ask anybody? No. At one point, did I even want them playing? No. But they were there. They were having a good time. They were playing. We shut down a whole entire public pool playing volleyball on our vacation. Forty people don't know each other. But the common denominator is a dollar store volleyball. And the key thing was they were having fun. Momentum had begun to build off of people having fun. And what I found was, was that as everybody was playing, there was people. And, and here I begin to go in preacher mode. And I begin to watch. And I'm watching people. And people are spectating. And the ones that wanted to be in but were too afraid to be in, but yet they, they, you would see them. They'd be off at a distance sitting up there. And all of a sudden the ball would come to and accidentally be hit out of bounds. And it was like their opportunity. And they'd be like, oh, the ball. Oh, my God. And they'd jump in the pool. And they're in. They're in. And it was like, oh, my God, I'm in. I'm in the game. I'm like, who are you? I don't even but they're in, and we're all having fun, and it don't matter. But what I found was, was that the, the more time when we played volleyball for an hour with people we don't know, and the bigger it got to where if we wasn't careful, chaos was going to begin to happen because everybody was on top of each other. So all of a sudden, organization began to come, and structure began to come. And, and here, here the older guys were like, hey, I think we should all spread out, and we should all, you cover the back, and you cover the back, and here, you spread back here. And all of a sudden, structure got in the game. And what was once chaos, now all of a sudden began to be more structured, and we were having even more fun. But then... Here, momentum was, and there was all these people watching, all these people. We almost became the entertainment for an hour in that volleyball game off of a dollar volleyball. But what was unusual was that here come this little Cuban guy that had been sitting on the sideline spectating the whole time. And every time he'd get the ball, he'd hit it back. And he never really got in, but all of a sudden he got in. And he had been seeing everything we had been doing wrong for an hour. And within five minutes, he started putting rules out and regulations out and where the net should be. I'm like, dude, we're in pool. There ain't even a net in here. And, and the funny dude that was beside me, he's like, what happened to the fun? I thought we were out here just having fun. Now we're getting regulations. And all of a sudden, he started creating rules and regulation, and he started telling people to score. And the next thing I know, the energy began to lift out of that volleyball pool. And what was once full of fun, I seen people just slowly going off and saying, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. And then it just like church, that when we got a good thing going on, and it's just fun in Jesus, some spectator wants to come in and tell us how we ain't been doing it right. You ain't hear what I'm saying. 
We've been getting people saved. We've been getting people delivered. People's families have been turned around. Deliverance has been coming in. But now some spectator wants to come in and tell us what we've been doing wrong. But I'm telling you, we are in a state of momentum that, yes, structure is beginning to happen. Yes, we are standing up in something like we wasn't six months ago. But I want to tell you that fun will always be in our services. Fun will always be in our worship. Fun will always be in our praise. Fun will always go to a place to where we say, no, no, no. If you want that type of spirit, you need to go on down the road to the first chosen frozen. But we are in this for Jesus and for nothing else. We don't have time for church politics. We don't have time for that religious mess. But we are in something that can save people to the uttermost, to the guttermost. Somebody give God some praise. Yeah, I got all that from playing volleyball Thursday. <laughs> so many times in our life and momentum, the only way we give options to our momentum is if bad stuff is happening to us. See, successful people think in the sense of, if I can catch momentum. Impoverished people wake up and they begin to say, if one more bad thing happens. And the only way we can think about stuff happening in our life is in a bad way. And we begin to think that if one more thing happens, God, you said, ain't it funny, all the unsaved now are getting religious and they start, they start quoting verses. Hey, Rob, we got a leak. Just felt that. All right. Preach on the abundance of rain. We got rain coming through the roof. All right. Hallelujah. Rob, we got to fix that. Okay. That was distracting. Where, where was I at? Okay, so this has been a funny day. I'll tell you that. Give me some sun. I can't think straight. Okay. So the reality is, is that you can think of nothing bad. That's all you can think about. And you begin to think, God, you said you wouldn't put more on me than what I can bear. And it's funny, everybody begins to know those scriptures when you're going through stuff bad. God, if one more drizzle happens, the storm is going to get so bad I can't handle it. When it rains, it pours. And all we can think about is something bad. Here we are saved the chosen of the earth, and God, and we're still thinking in a negative mindset. God went to the cross and took the curse of this earth from the garden and from sin, and he gave us, and he said, now the curse, now you're not underneath that anymore, and now you are blessed, but here you are saved, and you're still thinking that way. I want to get you to a point where I want this to be your scripture. This is a scripture I've been beginning to declare over myself for two and a half years now. Because here I had been in ministry for 15 years and all I could ever feel was the negative. All I could ever feel was the rejection. All I could ever feel was the junk constantly coming at my life. Our family wasn't growing. We weren't changing. Our finances weren't changing. And I preached the message two and a half years ago and since then I've been declaring this. It's Numbers twenty-three nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie. 
Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said, shall he not do it? And hath he not spoken? And how shall he not make it good? Mm. And this is the one I focus on on verse 20. Behold, I have received a commandment to bless you. And he hath blessed you, and I cannot take it back. You didn't hear what I said. God said, I come in to make all things that were bad, all things that were cursed, now good and now blessed. He said, I come in to make it good. And when I blessed you, I cannot take it back. Listen, it's time that you change your mindset and say, no, 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 I am blessed and there is nothing my family can do about it. There is nothing my job can do about it. There is nothing my circumstances can do about it. There is nothing my past can do about it. I am blessed and God said, I am not taking it back. Not taking her back. I have command. Isn't it funny? He said, I have been commanded to bless you. See, when we think about the commandments, we begin to think about what God has told us not to do rather than what we have. We think about, well, I can't steal. I can't lie. I can't cuss. Even though sometimes I want to cuss. That was a joke. You can laugh. He told me not to covet, but God, my neighbors got what I want. They got the car I want. They got the house I want. They look like they got the wife and the kids I want. But God, you told me I can't covet. You told me I can't envy other people around me. God, and all I'm hearing is what I can't do. But God said, I'm going to add another commandment that you may not have heard about, that I'm going to bless you. And I cannot take, listen, I want this to sink in your spirit. You are blessed, and it cannot be taken away from you. Okay, that side didn't hear me. You are blessed, and there is nothing the devil can do about it. Listen, I come up in a home where I was abused, I was beaten, I've been raped, I've been through every kind of addiction there is. I didn't know what good was until I hit Jesus. And even when I hit Jesus, I was so raw, that even in ministry, that people I wanted nothing to do with me. Churches wanted nothing to do with me because I was not fitting into a mold of anything. So I didn't even know what it was to be blessed. And here when I finally got something good in my hand, it made me nervous because I'm like, God, I'm not used to something good. God, when is it going to be taken away from me? And some of y'all are the exact same way. There's no way I can have this kind of job. There's no way I can have this kind of wife. There's no way I can have this kind of life. God, when is it going to be taken away from me? I want to let you know the Bible says it's not being taken away from you. And you got to stand up and say, devil, it's not going anywhere. Y'all know I'm transparent. I want to say this for six months. I keep waiting. 
and hit him. God, when are we going to hit up something bad? When are we going to hit the wall? God, when is momentum going to stop? When is it going to slow down? And God reminded me while we were playing volleyball that one life, I have blessed you, and I will not reverse it, and I will not take it back. We are on a season that God is going to do things that we have only dreamed to begin to see. Oh, my God. I'm not just talking about people coming in and sitting on a padded pew, but I'm talking about miracles, signs, and wonders, salvation, deliverance. Anything we ask for, God's going to give it to us. Talk about Elijah. Elijah began to know. He said, there's something coming. There is something coming. And what was crazy is he told Ahab, the servant, he said, go down and drink because rain is coming. Rain had not been there. Rain had not come out of the sky. So you think people were drinking? No, no, no. There was no water. So we don't understand this concept because we live in America and we can just turn on a faucet and good water comes out. But if you've ever hit a drought, just go back to the water situation just two years ago when everybody was afraid to put the water to their mouth and everybody was panicking and everybody was freaking out because the water had dried up. Oh, my good God. Elijah said right in the middle of a drought, he said, I know you're tired. I know you're thirsty. I know you're impoverished. He said, but I'm going to prophesy. Go down and drink because water is coming. I want to let you know you've got to prophesy to your situation. You've got to prophesy to your situation. I don't care if you've got to look at your wife and say, go to the ATM. Blessing is coming. It may not be today, but go down and stick it in. Blessing is coming. I don't care if the application didn't work last time. Go down and put another application in. I don't care if the things didn't work for you last time. I don't care how many no's you've gotten. I don't care how many times you've been rejected. You just keep putting it in the slot. Keep looking for the rain because drink is about to happen in your life. It didn't happen the first time. See, we live in a generation that we want it now. We want it now. This awakening, this revival that's happened in southern West Virginia did not just come because a Matt Hartley showed up. Thank God for his voice that has showed up, but it's because seeds of generations have and said there is an abundance of rain that is coming and even when we don't see it, go down and plant some more. Even when we don't see it, go down and plant for more. When we don't see it, go down and plant for more. And I want to let you know, yes, Rob, I know we were sent here, but this abundance that's coming to this church has nothing to do with you and I. It's because some people went through hell and high water and said an abundance is still coming to water. One Life Church here in Nitro. Oh, my God. I'm preaching the jackets and the everything off today. Hallelujah. Let's just pray the shirt stays on because we don't want the momentum would lose very quickly. Good Lord. Somebody tweet preacher, Bishop. <laughs> Let me tweet that. Rich is preaching out his clothes today. All right. 
take my shoes off and preach. Let's just do it. Listen, might as well. They're coming off here in a minute, too. Let's just preach it off. So here, God, I feel like Todd White. Hallelujah. I feel that anointing. All right, so listen. All of a sudden, the servant said, I don't see what you're saying, but what has shown up is something small. And there was something small that is the sign of a man's hand. <laughs> Elijah knew. He said, that's it right there. He said, that's what I've been waiting for right there. The servant's probably looking at him and saying, bro, you told me to go down and get a Dasani water, and this is what you're talking about? You told me an abundance is coming, and something the size of my hand is what you've been looking for. So you don't know how to celebrate the little things in your life. Because I'm going to let you know, a momentum of an avalanche doesn't start with a 10-foot boulder of snow. But it comes with a small speck of something beginning to roll. And the more it rolls, the more it collects. And the more it collects, the bigger it begins to get. To where all of a sudden, something that was small, all of a sudden, now something begins to be bigger. I want to let you know I've been reading statistics show that a smaller church can grab momentum quicker than a larger church. Because a larger church has to do it slowly. But a bigger church, I mean a smaller church, said there is our momentum. There's the sign of a small hand. Go grab it and run with it. I know. It was just one person saved. But I know that one person is saved. Let's run with revival now. See, we got to celebrate every little win that comes. Can I tell you something just personally? You got to celebrate every little victory that happens in your life. If you've ever been in a bad marriage, when it begins to turn around, just that one little I love you and on the cheek, you better celebrate that. You better hold on to that. Because when you've been in a moment in a cave where you ain't felt that affection, you ain't felt that touch in so long, you better run with what you got while you got it. Because when you have lost intimacy, you don't know what it is to be in that place. But when one spark of intimacy can begin to happen, it can set a fire in your life again. Oh, my God. See... We keep wanting the big things. We keep wanting the big things to happen. The big celebrations, the big revivals, the big things to happen in our job, the big, the big promotions. But I'm going to let you know you ain't never going to get promoted until you're faithful to that small thing. When that boss recognizes you one thing, it should straighten you up and say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I'm going to keep on running because I'm not just after this small thing, but I'm after an abundance to come to my life. Yeah, I want to tell you this. Parents, if you're struggling with kids that are, that are rebellious and that just seem off track and just seem to be not on the right place, so many times we wait for the report card to co come celebrate them. We wait for the, for the final result. But if you get any little grade, I don't care if it's a B, if it's a C, and they've been getting F's, you ought to celebrate that C. You ought to celebrate it. Because what I found out is the more you celebrate that C, the celebration will turn into a B. You celebrate them coming home at 10 o'clock when you're used to them coming back at 2 o'clock. 
Some of y'all look at me crazy, but you're going through it right now with kids. You got to celebrate the stains that are the size of your hand. The things that don't matter to nobody else. I want to let you know, people don't understand why we've celebrated destiny. Is she in complete healing? No, no, no. No, she's not. But knowing over nine years, the struggle we've been through, the issues we've been through, if we went through one night without a Caesar, God, we celebrate you and we thank you for a healing. All of a sudden, two nights go by. God, we celebrate you and we thank you for her healing. Six months go by. We thank you and we celebrate you for her healing. God, it may not be big. It may not be the best report, but God, we celebrate the good things oh my gosh I want to let you know one life that's why we celebrate folk around here every time somebody gets on a serving team we celebrate you because you mean growth around here that not just growth in your own life but growth in this church we celebrate you because you are the key to more people getting saved you are the key to more people being saved you are the key to more people being delivered you the person that has been told you're nothing you are everything in the kingdom even if you are the size of a small hand. Ahab, Elijah told Ahab, he said, Ahab, get in the chariot, grab the horses, and go because a flood is coming. An abundance, everything I've been saying is coming. And this is the whole point of what I want to get to. Ahab began to take off in that chariot with a horse strapped in front of it. And Elijah, knowing what was coming, began to take off running. And the harder he ran, the faster he ran. And all of a sudden, he began to catch such speed to where he looks over and there's a horse running right beside of him. Oh, you can just hear what I said. I said, Elijah is running as fast as a horse right behind beside him. And it said by the time he got to Jezreel, he had outran a horse and a chariot to get there. Supernaturally, the hand of the Lord was upon him. And he outran the natural. I want to speak to this right now. If you get one good day in addiction, you take off running. Oh, my God. If you get one good day in addiction, you take off running. And what do I mean by running? You start running with Jesus. And I am telling you, Jesus will help you, help you outrun the natural things that are holding you down, that are holding you back that have you in bondage, that have you in chains, and you will outrun the natural. I know everybody's telling you you should be divorced, but I'm telling you, God's going to give you the grace of momentum to outrun what everybody's saying in the natural. Your family's opinion does not matter about what God has placed together. I don't care if you have come from poverty. God said, I'm going to give you a supernatural grace to outrun the natural of everything that's been hooked to you. 
I don't care if everybody in your family has ever went through sickness and cancer has ran through your family. God is going to give you a supernatural momentum of grace to outrun the very thing that's trying to catch you in the natural. And you are going to get ahead of it and see things come to pass that you've been speaking from years. I want somebody to shout out, help me run in this race. Stand with me this morning. Come on, Rob. I want you to start walking to this altar. Just come on. Just start walking to this altar. I felt a supernatural, prophetic anointing just begin to flow as I was preaching. And I'm letting you know that the things that have been trying to hold you in the natural. Michael, lift your hands. Father, I declare everything that's been trying to hold him in the natural. I speak to it and I say, let it be released in the natural right now. God, there is favor that's on his life. There is blessings that are on his life. And God, I declare that there will be no more no's. But God, right now, I declare a yes over top of him. I declare a yes over top of him. I declare the next time is the last time. God, he's not going to walk through this no more. God, this season, God, he's going to outrun every no. And toward the next yes is going to make him forget every no that he's walked through. begin to lift your hands right there where you're at. God, I declare every no be go away. But God, I declare momentum will begin to happen over people's lives in this place. A supernatural yes. God, I declare a supernatural yes over top of their life right now. Oh my goodness. Y'all feel that? If you felt it, I dare you to begin to pull that down from the heaven. I said a supernatural yes is happening right now over your life. Something's going on. Something's going on. Right now. Something's going on. 